There we go. We're working. Hey, great to see you this morning. Listen, um, if, if we get, keep getting more people coming like this, we're going to have to start another service. So, um, so uh, oh, you want that. Okay, we'll have another one then. Uh, no, no, keep coming. That's great. That gives us an indication of what, uh, what's happening. So really good, Jake. Thanks for leading us on that prayer. I think, I hope you guys feel this. Is, is, you're not alone. You're not alone. You know, even when you're by yourself, even when you're in your car or in your, somewhere and you're just, you feel, you can feel alone, but you're not alone. You know that the Lord is with you, but there's people around you that really are only just a call away, a text away. And so reach out, reach out to people. When you're feeling lonely, I bet there's others that are in the same boat, but it's hard to do, isn't it? And that's why we come here and we, we actually just practice what, what to do is, is being here today. So if you're new with us and you're like, well, that was a little different praying for that. We're just caring. We just, we, we just care a lot about you, and the Lord does too. So if you're here with us, we're glad you joined us here today. And some of you came back. This is like week two in a row. Some of you came to church two weeks in a row. Can you believe that? That's amazing. You came Easter. I mean, Easter, I mean, everybody goes to church on Easter. A lot of people do. But you came back. That, that says a lot. Uh, about you, and I guess it says a little bit less. You kind of like us a little bit, so it's great if you're online. Great, great, great to have you this morning. Um, it's hard to believe where we are as a church and what God has been doing, and really he, what He's been doing, if you can believe this, for the last 20 years. North Bay has been around, and we're having a special gathering that we want everyone to be a part of, and that's coming up here, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow, for our family gathering. We, we gather as a church a couple times a year, do a fall one, a spring one. The spring one, the spring edition, is our 20th anniversary edition. And so it's hard to believe, uh, those who have been around that long, I talked to a few of you this morning, that we want to celebrate that. We want to look back in the past, and we're going to have an opportunity, some voices of the past, to share a little bit what God has done and, and, and through, through the ministry at North Bay. But also for us to say, let's celebrate what God is doing here. And then looking toward the future and believing for even greater days ahead for his church. And so we're going to be gathering here to, a week from tomorrow on April 24th, 6 p.m. We're going to have a dinner together to share. I think we've got uh, somewhere in the information of what to bring. Okay, so there's your letter and last name, and then you figure out what it is. If you don't know what to bring, just bring something, okay? Dessert, hot dish, you know, side, whatever that is. That would be great to come together. We'll eat together. We'll have a, something for our children. They'll go downstairs, and then we're just going to have a, a time of celebration and prayer and vision for the future. We really, really hope you can be a part of that. And uh, if you know anybody in the past and they've been around, invite them to it. It'd be great to celebrate together and what all God has done in the last a couple decades. And then last Sunday was a great response of people toward not only making spiritual commitments to Christ, but even taking some next steps with them. And one of those we want to help you with is baptism. And so on 30th of April, we are having baptisms right here. The water will be available, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. If you've not been baptized in water, we want to invite you to do that, as well as maybe you have some somebody you know in your household, and it's their next step in their faith, maybe as a child or a young person want to do that. We want to help you with that next step. And the Bible says this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I commanded you to the very end of the age. So it's part of the Great Commission. It's built in. Go make disciples, baptize them. It's a great step. You're saying yes to Jesus. You, you may be 
pledged that with your heart, now you're showing with the people this marker that you're making, taking, going from your dead life that's, that gets drowned and being raised to new life in Jesus. And so what you could do is you could just mark on your connection card that you have here in your program, or you can do it, as we mentioned earlier, digitally. Just let us know, and we'll get you all set up for that coming up two weeks from today. Now we're jumping back into a message that uh, series that we've been doing for several weeks in the book of Hebrews called Once for All. And the last 10 chapters, you can kind of summarize in Hebrews 10 is this, that Jesus did it all. He did it all once for all. It's all been accomplished. And it's a long way to go to get to that very answer and the culmination of it that leads to incredible fulfillment. I, I thought it was so amazing. I don't know what you spent on Easter. I don't know what you did. And maybe there was some activities. And, you know, it's taxes are due. Did you know your taxes are due on Tuesday? Just as a reminder, like, oh, I got to start doing that. Like, okay, fire up the turbo tax or whatever. You're in a tough place. So you might be gathering receipts, but I found a receipt that God had left. And, um, and, and wanted, he, he, well, he flipped the bill for us. Take a look at this receipt we got. Jesus paid it all. Sin paid. Shame paid. Pain paid. Past mistakes paid. Rejection and loneliness. Come on. Paid. S slavery to sin paid. Spiritual death paid in Jesus' name. And, and, and what do we owe? Nothing. What was paid? all for us grand total of all jesus paid it all that that sums easter up and and the, the the cross and the resurrection paid in full come on right jesus did that for us and here we are as we read through all these 10 chapters that led to that is this as we get to chapter 11 in hebrews these first 10 chapters were really saying that that jesus is perfect and, and because there's no perfect people there, and we get, though we, we make this turn, we, we, we turn towards, which I find is fascinating, where the writer, and we don't know the writer of Hebrews, it's unknown who, who this is, but he turns toward others. He talks about Jesus, what Jesus has done, accomplished everything. Now he looks at some people, oh, we would say people that we should admire. But when you look through the list, and when you read it, and hopefully you had an opportunity to read chapter 11 of Hebrews, if not, I encourage you to do that this week, you look at them and you're going, them, really? That, not very, like maybe famous, more infamous people. I mean, some of them you know and know their story, but, but they're, they're called heroes of faith. But let me give you a list of them and kind of what they're maybe you know, humanly known for. You know, Noah, who built the, bo the boat, he was a drunkard. Abraham was a liar. Moses was a murderer. Rahab was a prostitute. Joseph was a bragger. David was an adulterer. Jonah was an avoider. Peter, oh, Peter, he was a deserter. The apostle Paul, you could just label him a mob boss, okay? Those are labeled, these are the people that are called heroes of faith. And, and yet they have one common characteristic in all of them. You know what it is? It's this. They're flawed. They're flawed, not-so-perfect people. And you're just kind of going, really? Like, why are you elevating this writer? Why, you, why is all of chapter 11 
about that. Well, let me give you a, a thought with this. Is uh, Close to 30 years ago this fall, I did something pretty bold. I, you know, I, I've made purchases in my life, but this one was pretty big. It was bigger than buying a car. It, it, it was very expensive and risky, and it wasn't just the amount of money that was going to cost me. It wasn't going to be the fact that I was working two jobs and getting through college and, and doing that, but I did something. I did a thing one day. I bought a ring. I bought this ring, and, and I, you know, it's not that I've never bought a ring before, but, but I usually just put a quarter in and turn the, the, for the gumball, okay? This was a ring. This was supposed to be the ring to buy, and I don't know much about rings, and so I'm probably a sucker for anybody to sell me whatever, but I did go, and I went to a trusted place someone recommended, and I, I went under glass, and uh, the, the jeweler, he's a, was a gemologist, I guess they call him, or something like that, and then he gave me this, this little light, you know, this little like lens to look through and then he goes you see you see these rings and you know I see them I, I he goes notice the different you know colors and the different the different cracks different flaws you see you see in there yeah he goes each one of these each of these rings have different colors and flaws and different things and and the more expensive a ring they have less flaws but really there's only a few rare diamonds on earth that have that. And, and then, you know, so he showed me the ones that are less, a little bit less flawless, or a little bit more less flaws. And then, and then he goes, and then this is the ones probably you can afford. And, and so, okay, all right, you knew where I was at. Now, a flaw, right? Have you ever thought about a flaw? This is what a flaw is. This, this is what the definition. A flaw is a mark, a fault, or an imperfection that mars a substance or object. It's a mistake, it's a defect, it's a blemish, it's... It's a fault, it's an imperfection, it's a deficiency, it's a weakness, it's a weak spot, point, link, it's an inadequacy, shortcoming, limitation, or failing. Now, does that sound like anything you know, or how about this, anyone you know, right? You, 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 could, you could admit that probably today. Even the best diamonds have flaws. And even the best people that are created in the image of God have flaws. And it's all due to the to the fall. Adam and Eve, they bid in the forbidden fruit, and then all hell broke loose, right? All this stuff happened, and it was a ripple effect that has devastated us. So we, what, what did it lead to? Well, we have flawed bodies. We have flawed thinking. We have flawed, you know, lives that we live, and health issues, and flawed, well, ends up flawed character. And it takes a lot of humility to admit your flaws, but what do we do to respond to them? Well, our natural response is to compensate for our flaws. We hide our flaws. We, we, we cloak them. We, we, we have secrets and different things. And, and yet, on the other hand, to try to do that, then compensate, we overcompensate. We, we do things we try to, you know, be better at, we, but, we're, but really not enough. And that's the whole book of Hebrews is about that. The first 10 chapters are really, as this writer, you can tell that he, he knew the Hebrew culture. He might have been a Hebrew himself from the, from the you know, the nation of Israel and the, the Jewish people. And, and he talked about this, that you're all doing these good religious things, but reminding us over and over again in repeated fashion, you're not going to cut it. Nobody can cut it. These last 10 cha chapters, he's purposely redundant. Have you seen this? It's like, we get it. We're not good enough. Jesus is, and that is the point. Jesus is the perfect priest with the perfect sacrifice. And we're not just trying to appease God, but to really, truly, paid in full, we have the receipt to prove what Jesus has done. 
And because of the perfect work on the cross, guess what? We as flawed people now can approach, as he pointed out, the throne of grace with confidence and boldness before the Lord. Why? Because we stand as followers of Jesus with the blood of Jesus covering us flawless before, Jesus, before the Father. You're like, we don't feel that though some days. And that's that as much as we're positionally before the Father, flawless, we live in a very imperfect world. And that's kind of the here and the, the in-between of what's to come next. You know, we talked last week about we're saved, but we're actually going to be saved. Like we're in the in-between times on this earth that we live in a fractured, fallen, flawed world, don't we? And so what's our response? Well, it comes down to this whole chapter that we're going to look at here today, is that is, well, it's faith. It's faith. It's, it's, it's what we have. You see, 30 years ago, you know, faith was a factor. It, it was. It was, you know, struggling to finish college and earning enough money. And, you know, and, and, and it really wasn't the, the, the faith on my part to go out and buy this. But it really was the one, that moment, who was going to receive that ring. <laughs> that she said yes. That that was faith. That was faith. That was trust in, not in, in, a, in a ring, but this commitment to another person for the rest of your life. I don't know what you've committed to in your life for the rest of your life. I mean, some of you have a 30-year mortgage and you're hoping to get through that, but would you have a life? That is a huge commitment to do. And, and by faith, she did that. That, she says, and she wears it every day to prove what faith looks like. You see, that same faith is our response to Jesus, our love and commitment to us at his, as his unblemished bride. That, that's, that's what we are. And so as, as followers of Jesus, we are, we are flawless diamonds, a reminder of God's gift of grace for all eternity. But that's not the ultimate goal. As much as that is the goal, ultimately, we're going to experience, what are we here on earth for? Well, to look beautiful? We are called to this planet with a purpose. We're called to be useful, not just beautiful. See, I, I think no matter if you're 60 or 60 years old, it's the same question we ask in, in certain days of our week and month and whatever's going in the seasons of our life, we ask this question, why am I even here? Do you, do you ever wake up, you go and you do your job, you go home and you eat dinner, and it's like, oh, it's meatloaf Monday. Do we eat meatloaf every Monday and then taco Tuesday? And like, can we mix up the theme of food at some point? We get in ruts and we get in routines, and some of you love that. And I, I like sometimes variety, and sometimes it's, you know, I like consistency as well. I'm just saying life has to be more than meatloaf. Life has to be more than just going to work and coming home and watching whatever, doing whatever. There's something more that is internally within us. We're, we're here more than just to take up space and suck air. There's a, there's a goal that God has for us. And so if you find yourself at times, and I can find myself at times getting off a little bit, where, where I'm like, life seems a little bit boring. It seems a little bit mundane. It look, seems like a little bit of kind of a hamster wheel. Is it possible that we're missing, we're missing our real calling and identity in what Jesus has for us? God has this fulfillment for us, this greater potential, but what's not to be left under glass. 
It's not left, it's, it actually is not to be just a prized possession, but it's, be, it's to be worn in the world who, who many who need this hope as well. See, so, but we come, we come with, and we're going, well, but I'm full of flaws, I got a lot of issues, I got a lot of mistakes, I got a lot of things going on, I'm not very perfect. Well, guess what? We're all here for that same reason. You know, you've seen signs and been a part of a church for years. We put, sometimes we'll put that sign so no perfect people allowed. So if you're here today and you came in and you live the perfect life and you drive the perfect car and you have the perfect spouse and you're the perfect person, it's not going to work out here. It just won't. There's flaws. There's, there's issues. There's people. It's messy. But if you're, if you're, you're here and you go, like, I just need to be about a church that's with real people working through real things, I think this is a good place for that. I've been around for a while. I'm finding that to be true with the people that I know. I'm finding that even in our flaws, and in the, there's, a, there's something developing and growing, which is faith in the midst of all of it. So, see, being holy is, not, is, is something we, we, we confuse as somehow we're trying to be perfect. But no, it's, again, it's not to, to look beautiful. It's, it's to be, it is to be useful. There's specific, even a specific calling and assignments that God has for us that we're to step out. And that's when we read through the book of Hebrews, when we get to chapter 11, there's a big list. There's a big list of people that are there, and they're going, yeah, they're not that really that great. I mean, some of the things they did, I mean, I've done a lot of weird stuff and messed up here and there, but these people, like, really, like, this is stuff you watch on Jerry Springer stuff. Like, this is stuff that, like, you remember Jerry Springer? There is some weird stuff these people did, and yet they are lifted and they're elevated for what? Not for their flaws, not for their, it's for their faith. You notice over and over in chapter 11, over and over again, you see, it says, by faith, 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 Abraham, by faith, Moses, by faith, Joseph. And you're like, they're not. Well, here's, here's, the, here's some good news. Here's our truth for today. God desires to use flawed people who are willing to walk with him by faith. See, when we say yes to Jesus, all that he's done, we say yes to his mission. We say yes, and he invites us into this bigger work that he's called us to, even in our imperfections. In fact, it's in the imperfections, in, in, the, in the brokenness, as just being broken vessels of God, that he finds great use for our life. Faith. Now, we spent a little bit of time last week touching on defining faith. I want to go back to that for a moment. Because faith is a word that we use that we, like, we say with love, don't we? Well, like, I, I love burgers, but I love my wife. Are they equal, okay? They should be different. There's different, and, and faith is kind of the same way, isn't it? I, you know, I, you, people say this, well, have a little faith. You got to have more faith. Or, you know, where's your faith? And, and we look at faith almost kind of like a spare tire. It's like, I hope I don't need to use it, but it's there just in case. And we think of faith that way. We think it's almost faith is the last resort, right? If we're really desperate, we'll turn to God in faith. And yet, really, as we look, it's our first response to God and what he's doing, as we're going to see here. So I want to go back last week and unpack again the definition of faith. You're wondering, wow, what does faith mean? God is so good, he gives us a definition in verse 1. 
He says this. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Now, look at the next verse. It says this. This is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients, who were they? They were the people that, that the writer lists in the book of Hebrews. As you reflect on those, you find this not-so-perfect people. There's some dimensions of really defining faith. And so to help you out, I hope this can be helpful and useful. I have a little outline for you that you can follow here today in your notes about faith. I hope this can, again, help be helpful. First is this. Faith is not something you profess or possess, but it's what you express in action. Faith is not something you profess or possess or possess it's something you express in action and you know being being a follower of jesus and being in the church for the last couple few decades i i find this is that people will talk about their faith as a set of beliefs and there's nothing wrong with believing okay there's nothing wrong with adhering to a set of doctrinal statements they'll say well this is what my faith this is what i hold to i adhere to and as much as you can do that, and as much as there's, you got the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed and all these, you know, historical co confessions of faith, I'm not against any of that. I'm not saying that doesn't matter. But if it's just some words, if it's just some things that we kind of know really well and, and sound really spiritual because you know the, the, them, and it's just words. It's really religious rules you know that you're really good at articulating them. That, that's really at the end of the day. And it just thoughts without words and no action is really not true faith. And James proved that to us, right? He articulates this. He says this, Apostle James, but someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what? I do. What I do with my faith. He goes on, faith without action is, is dead. So faith is this Verb, it's this action. Faith is a present continual reality. It's not simply a virtue that we have. It's really a way of life that we're to live. Another thing I've discovered about faith is this. Faith is not just believing that, but it's trusting in. Not just believing at, but trusting in. See, a lot of people actually believe in God. Okay? I, I it could have changed a little bit in the last few years, but about 80% of people in our country believe in a higher power. You know, something or someone they attribute to. Not always Jesus, not always God of the Bible, but, but, but even Christians will say things. I'm so glad I'm with and I get to work with other believers. Oh, that person is a believer. That is a per I'm so glad, and there's nothing wrong with believing, okay? Don't stop believing. You sing that song still, right? Journey helped us with that. Nothing wrong with believing. But believing is different in a few different ways, it's, 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 it's going beyond really what faith is. Because faith is, is more than that. It's, it's actually connected with trust. Let me, let me give you an example of this. See, faith, faith is a when people say, talk about faith, sometimes they, it's a believe that faith. And we believe that. We, 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 think, we say things like this. You believe that love is a real thing. Well, I believe that. I believe that. You know, I believe that the Bible is, is God's word. Oh, yeah, I, I, I believe that. 
You believe that Jesus died for you. Absolutely, that's fundamental to our faith. And I believe in the resurrection. Come on, that, we base our life on, on that belief. That I believe that. You believe that he took away your sins. You believe in eternal life. All are good beliefs, but is belief enough? Just believing. James goes on, he says this. You believe in God good, even the demons believe and shudder. Can we, can, can we fess sometimes that actually... Um, demons believe in God more than you do? Why? Oh, they know. <laughs> they know, right? Wasn't, it's not enough. I mean, that didn't help the demons, did it? So your faith, is, it starts with belief, but the fruition of faith is really in action. I said last Sunday, threw out some, a Greek word, uh, pistis is faith. This is the word in faith. And this is what it means. This is what faith means. It means placing your full weight upon something or someone. That's what faith is, truly faith. So when I trust a person with my life, what do I do? When I got down on one knee and she said yes, she's now going, I'm placing my life in your hands. <laughs> we're putting our life together. We, we're, there was a, and we do that in all relationships. To really build a relationship, there's this level of a trust where you begin to grow and you deepen a relationship and trust begins to build and you begin to share, you know, you share your thoughts, your, your dreams, you share your secrets, you share struggles. That's a place of trust. And the same thing as we, put, we do when we place our faith in the hands of, of God. See, true faith is, is completely placing the weight upon our lives. That, and, 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 but how do, we, how do we do that at times? Well, here, here's another thought is this. Faith is not based on feeling, but utter dependence on God's and his goodness. There's this dependence upon God and his goodness. It shows that it's putting our full weight. And we, we, I kind of alluded to this last week about the weight, and you, you, you assume these chairs will hold you up. And I know here, you know, maybe you're like, I'm trying to lose weight, but nobody here is 1,000 pounds, right? And no one's sitting in a rickety chair, though there could be some broken screws on some of it. These chairs are 20 years old, by the way. Um, but what are we saying? Well, if, I, if what I'm saying is, is I, if I sit in this chair and say, I believe this chair will hold up, I don't know until it actually does. And so what we're doing with, with faith is it's not just believing that, and tr is this, it's, it's trusting it. I'm trusting in, this is where real faith is. I'm putting the full weight of my life upon the Lord. I'm trusting in him that he is going to accomplish what he's going to do through me, but I have to learn dependence on him. Here's the thing with dependence. We get in this thing like, and it's so important we understand that we don't want to be codependent relationship with one another. We don't want to do things for other people that they need to be doing for themselves. And we find ourselves doing that all the time. If you were with a person that's um, an alcoholic or a drug addict, and you, you know in your family, and it's very difficult, and you, you've been really kind of setting boundaries to not have a codependent relationship. You know that if you don't want to keep enabling them in their life, that, that's a real thing for people. And so codependency is it. But when it comes to the Lord, we're not just codependent. We're completely dependent on God. That's where faith really lies. Like, God, if you don't come through, I don't know what's going to happen. That, that's real faith. But it's also stepping out on some greater things that God's calling us to out of that comfort 
into, into that unknown that's there. Why? Because then you're trusting and you're sitting in, you're believing in, God, I'm, I'm, you're going to do what you said you're going to do. And, that, and that's, that's what really faith is about, is this, is this trust in rather than believe that. It's not a blind faith. It's just having that confidence in the Lord, that knowledge and knowing, trusting there's something bigger and something greater. The Hebrew writer tells us this of faith and having that confidence. I love what it says in the Message Bible. It says of this confidence, it says that it's the, I love this, it says that it's the fundamental fact of existence is that this trusting God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. That is faith. Look at that. I love that. It's not about how many flaws you have. It doesn't matter how, how world gets shaking so much. It's, it's trusting in the very beginning and that he's proven himself. So what he did before, he's proven himself. Again, look at verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. None of us were there at the beginning, but we trust the evidence of the beginning where, where, where we are today of God. We see that in, in his creation. We, we just know that we know that we know. I don't know where you're on the spectrum of evolution, but the reality is when you look at a beautiful clear day, when we have those, I'm out Baker going, nah. I, I had a friend here today who went and traveled through the different state parks. He's got some more friends that are going to be traveling. And they're going to go. And they're, I, I believe if they had any inclination, there's any kind of evolutionary thoughts of it. Just what I mean by this, it came from nothing. It was like a big explosion and that, whatever. It's like, it, it, no, this is beauty. You know, the, the pictures and, and the, 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 the nature and everything. You know, God, is a, there's, a des, there's a designer behind the design. Why well, would trust it and believe in that? And so what that is, what he said he would do, he did, and, and he did. And, and not only that, of creation, it, we let, led to the cross and the resurrection. That is the reality that we put our weight and our full trust in that builds our faith for the future based on the past. So it's this, yet we live in this flawed world. We're going, yeah, but Lord, I... I, I believe that you can do this. I, have, I believe it, but can I really trust you? Can I really put my full weight? Because I'm believing that, but can I, can I do this? Can I really? Can, that's where faith is. It's not just believing that. Like, happen. Wishful thinking, as we talked last week on hope. No, it's, it's really trusting in. Lord, you will do that. And I want to rest in that trust. I want to I sit in that trust and believing that you can do it, but I'm, I'm, what I'm doing, I'm trusting in that. I'm trusting, hoping in that. So that might be your job situation you're in. might be a relationship that you're part of. You, it might be uh, uh, something about your child that you're trying to put greater trust in. That's where true faith is. That's where, that's where the risk is, isn't it? It's tough, but that's, where, that's what true faith is. And see, ultimately, the outcome, I, I, it's amazing, is this, to know and trust that he's perfect and he's good. You know, the first example of, of heroes of faith is, is, is Abel. You know, it's that kind of a little bit chronological that the writer goes. And Abel, he's, he's actually the second son. And he is commended for his faith rather than his brother King. Why? Because Abel brought the best to God, his best first fruits, not his worst and leftovers. Cain killed Abel because of the jealousy because it was, he was jealous of what God gave him, but he wasn't understanding. He said, Abel saying, I'm bringing my best, my first and best. When we trust in God, we're bringing our first and best because the last and leftovers will never be enough. If you're bringing your last and leftovers to the Lord, and I, I'm not, you know, that's in giving our tithes and offerings, many you give and support. You're, make sure you're doing it to your first 
fruits, not your last. <laughs> it's not, I don't know if you write checks anymore. It's not, your, it's, not your, it's not your last check you write for the month. It's your first. Saying, God, I'm giving my first 10%. Well, I'm trusting in you that you're going to take care of the 90% that I still have. And it's amazing God does that. But it's not only in our, our tithing, but it's also in our treasure, in other treasures that we have. It's in our time. It's in our talents that we have. God, I'm giving my best. Are you waking up in the morning giving your best to God first? You're like, well, there's coffee involved first. I get that, okay? But are you doing, are you, are you, are, are you is the first things of your day toward that? You're like, well, I, I like doing my devotional life at the end of the day. I think that's great. I highly not recommend that. I think the beginning of your day, I'm just, this is for me. Because it's the trajectory of your day. You're giving the first, but it also sets you in a place to do that. Whatever works for you in your rhythm, but understand this is, are you doing that? That is where we're trusting in to do that. Another thing about saying yes is, is really taking, it's really taking a step. One simple step. See, if you, if you don't have to have the faith to finish, but just the faith to start will help you finish. Is that pretty practical? It's not just, oh, I gotta, I gotta be filled enough with faith then I'll actually do it. Like, no, I think we just kind of need enough of it. <laughs> we just need enough to take that, to take that step. Kind of talking about mornings a little bit. What we find in our mornings sometimes is that, you know, we wake up and we set an alarm. But one of the, I talk about enabling. One of the greatest enablers is the snooze bar, right? My first decision of the day is to procrastinate. Nine more minutes, right? We do that. But when you get out of bed, you're taking, uh, you know, the old baby steps. You're, you, 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 what you just do, like, I just need to take baby steps of faith. I'm getting up. That's a baby step. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pouring myself a cup of coffee. That's a baby step. I'm cracking over my Bible. It's a baby step. I'm taking these steps toward in, in faith, and I don't have to conquer the whole world. I just need to take the next step, whatever those might be. It's the same with our faith in God. Small steps require a small amount of faith, but it's not about the size. Jesus, if you're wondering where that come from, Jesus said that. He said this, he says, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a, a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, mountain, move from here to there, it will, it will move. It will be impossible for you. Now, Baker, move. I don't know how that's gonna work here. But you know, wow, okay? What is he saying? It's not about the size, it's about the step. It's not about the, the portion, it's about the step. It's not about how big, it's the step we take. And, a, and even a flawed amount of faith is what we're surrendering to. We're saying, Lord, I am trusting in taking that first step. It says impossible. Think about this. I love uh, St. Francis Sissy says this. He says, start doing what is necessary and then what's possible and then suddenly you're doing the impossible. Wow, how did I get here from there? Look back in your life, one step at a time. Speaking of impossible, we're going to talk about these small steps of faith, and it's going to lead to something that's so important and actually gets to the point of all of it, and it's this. Another thing about faith is it's for faith is what fills the heart of God. Faith is what fills the heart of God. Ask the average person, how do you please God, and they'll give you a list. You get tempted to do the same. Well, you know, I don't, don't sin and, and do good for others and go to church and pray and volunteer and give money and all these things. All are good things, but do you know that list of things is not what pleases God? You're like, I thought it was. I thought, no, 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 no. What, 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 what pleases him? Faith. In fact, Scripture, the Hebrew writer flips it. He says this. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay? A little double negative to get the point is, if you have faith, what do you get to do? It's possible to please God. 
that you're moving into the possibility of what God is doing. Well, how does our faith please God? Well, it's like every human relationships. There is a dependency on them. And some of you know having adult children is that the goal for them is less dependence on you. But then some ways along the line, you're kind of going, man, it sure would be great to get a phone call from them. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Your teenager is, is you know, exuding independence. There's, there's a natural thing of independence. We do that. But when they come to you, when they come not in just need, but come into you in affection and appreciation, oh, my goodness, that's the best thing. Don't you think it's the same way with God and our maturity of faith? Don't you find that our immaturity of faith in following Jesus is where you're like, you know, God, I need, God, I need, God, I need this. Help me with this, help me with this. And I know I'm not saying God doesn't want to do those things. I'm not saying God doesn't care for you. God doesn't mean those things. But what about a mature relationship? What would that look like? Because this is the interesting thing about it is pleasing God in faith is this. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Don't miss this. Earnestly, diligently, continually seeking what? No, no, no. Him. Jesus said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything we added to you. It's seeking him. That's the form of maturity that we have. That's the form. Yes, he's going to meet. He's going to reward those who diligently seek what? Him. He is our goal. He is our reward that we're having as we walk a journey of faith. I mean, what else would a loving father, loving mother want, right, from their children is, is that, to, to be with them, to be with us, right? God rewards us, and in, in, in not just now, but for eternity. So earnestly seeking is what the goal, and, and, and it's, 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 it's all about relationship, right? So many of us on it, and, you know, as much as we're like, oh, Peter, you know, he's a deserter and all that, guess what? Peter was a great example, right? We all know the story that many, oh, many, you know, Peter was the one that ste stepped out of the boat, right? And we look at that, like, Peter, man, you know, like, you were doing good, and then you slipped, and like, where's your faith? And Jesus says, where's your faith? And we're like, well, wait a second, what about all the boat people that didn't get out on the water, right? He was the only one. But what did he say? He says, Lord, if it's you, I, will I want to come to you. What is, what is Peter wanting? Peter's wanting relationship with Jesus. I want to do what you're doing, but I want to go out where you're at. I want that. And then what happened when, his, when, he, when he started sinking a little bit? What did he forgot? He took his eyes off Jesus. We'll get to next week, Hebrews 12, fix your eyes on Jesus. He, he, turned, he turned away, right? So it is all about relationship at the end. That is the reward of, of faith as we get Jesus, close personal relationship with Jesus. I noticed that, that that was really what, at the end of the day, what was Noah. Noah was another example of a person of, of faith. And, and the problem with, you know, speaking of stepping on a boat, now you're told to build a boat. But he wasn't, he wasn't a boat builder. He was a farmer. And where was the body of water to put a big ark in the first place? Okay? There really wasn't at all. It was all faith. And this is what it says in verse 7. Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, build an ark to save his family. No big body of water for the big boat. What? Didn't see it yet, but he, that, was, that was a step. See, here's the thing. Faith begins, you write this down, faith begins by taking one small step into the great unknown by, know, by knowing you know who knows the future. Let me say that again. That's a lot of noise. Faith 
begins by taking one small step into the great unknown by knowing you know who knows the future. Did you get that? Okay. Hebrews says it this, like, no, faith is a confidence of what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. This is where faith is. Faith only works in the dark. Faith only works in the unknown. We don't know the ultimate unknown, but we don't know in the in-between. We don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know if this prayer is going to be answered. We don't know the risks that we're going to be taking over and over. I find looking at the church, and we'll reflect here in the last 20 years and being here 15 years, there was a lot of sending out. There was a lot of trusting God. And in times, I'm kind of going, God, we did a lot. We sent a lot. We did a lot. And like, where do we have the, here? We have this building, you know, we're here. And, and you, can, you kind of evaluate sometimes. And the Lord's just kind of reminding me, I'm not done with what you're doing. Uh, you've been faithful, trusting me, and the congregation's been doing that. God, what are you got for the future? And it's all been faith and trusting him. It's just taking that step of it into the unknown. That's what he says about Abraham. By, by faith, Abraham, who called to go to a place, he would later receive as an inheritance, which was ultimately the promised land, which we all get one day in heaven. But what do you do? Obeying and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. There's the ultimate yes, but in between, well, we're not really sure exactly how this is going to work. Listen, know this. Faith is a long walk of obedience and sacrifice and faithfulness that eventually lead a legacy behind you. The first part's important. Faith is a long walk of obedience. As, as Eugene Peterson says, in the same direction sometimes. You're just going, you're being faithful, you're being faithful, and there, in it, there's sacrifice. To that faithfulness eventually eventually will lead to that if you haven't read the rest of the book of hebrews 11 this week you need to do it it's pretty amazing you read at the end of it all these different these flawed, very flawed people but by faith it's it, this is what it ends up you find is this is that kingdoms are conquered justice delivered armies are defeated dead are raised both one caveat sacrifice sacrifice it says this at the end of it hebrews 11 it says they were Others who were tortured refused to be released so that they might gain an even a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even, even chains and imprisonment. They were, they were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They experienced extreme poverty, became destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. But I love this next line. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. Wow, sounds exciting, right? Wow, that is what the sacrifice of faith that looks like. Countless people that have given their life for the cause of Jesus still today. Martyrs around the world by the millions. It's happening. That's the cause God has. But look at verse 39. They were all commended for their faith. They were esteemed, they were admired, we're going heroes, amazing, awesome. But check out what it says next. It said this, none of them received what had been promised. What? At the end of the day, they really weren't rewarded, at least on this side of the, the grave. They, 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 but what did they do? They paved the way. Look at verse 40. Since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would be made perfect. A few weeks ago, we talked about the lettuce, right? Let, here it is, us again. Who's the us? It's us. We're the us. Something better for us. 
Well, what was something better? It was really who was something better? Jesus is the better. At the end of the day, what they got was Jesus. And he, he's the one made perfect all, as, to our almighty God, something better for us. And we need to look at how, what a privilege we live on this side of human history, this side of the cross and the resurrection that we get. But now it's our turn. Next week, we're going to talk about our turn. We're talking about, we're going to need to know this, but know this today. It starts with, it starts with not just believing that, that can, something can happen. I can have all kinds of belief, you can believe whatever. But it's trusting in, sitting in and trusting in that, who, what God is doing. As our team comes to pray, I want to share about another ring. As our team comes, as we close today, here's another ring. It's this ring right here. It's on my finger. This ring is 66 years old. Okay, I'm not 66. Not yet. This ring was probably purchased in the year 1957. That was a year that my mom and dad got married. This is my dad's ring. Some of you know my story. My dad's, when I was 14, my dad passed away. And when I gave a ring to my bride-to-be here 30 years ago, and planning for the wedding, my mom handed me this ring right here. Can I take it off? Oh, man. If you're taking your wedding ring off, this ring right here, my mom says, this is your dad's ring if you want to wear it for your wedding. When I was gathering with my son and we were in a little room uh, before he was getting married, I, I pointed to my, my finger and I said, I am so glad you're not getting this ring today. <laughs> he had a different ring. And, I, and, and yet what it is, it speaks to me of legacy. But here's the interesting thing about this ring is, it's kind of neat, not all maybe rings have men's rings, it has, has a little small little diamonds. Um, but one of them is missing. <laughs> Why is it missing? Because it's, it's worn. It gets worn in life. It fell off somewhere. I feel irresponsible. This little diamond ring went, diamond went somewhere. But that's okay. It's still functional. It's still usable. It's a little tarnished. It's a little worn. I have 66 years of, of life of it. Can I tell you the same thing for your life? Is that it's not how pretty we look. It's not how beautiful, not how holy we look. It's that are we useful for God's kingdom? You and I are all flawed individuals. We are all messed up people. Yes, because of Jesus and what he done on the, uh, on the cross and the resurrection, he, he takes our lives and presents them to the throne of grace for us and, and says, Father, they're, 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 through my blood, they are spotless brides. They're without blemish. And yet we live in this fallen, broken world that we still need to function. And we are to do that our way, our how we're going to do that is not anything that we can do on our own. It is all by faith, trusting in him. God wants to use flawed people who are willing to walk in faith. And here's the question I have is, how might you be faith-filled this week? As you're sitting there, will you sit in right now, this moment, and pray? Will you sit into this place right where you're at, begin to evaluate your life as we pray? What is it, who is it that you're needing to build, to, to, to build greater trust in? What do you need to trust God for and trust in him to, to, today? As you sit in this place of trust, what might it be? Is it a, is it a job? Is it a relationship? Is it a marriage? Is it a parenting situation? Is it a finance? Is it a health thing? I mean, the list, you probably have like, ah, I got three or four of those. But what is the one that's difficult for you to trust him in right now? Part of it because you've, you've, you 
feel like you've you tried and it's, it's not going well. You prayed more and it's still not working. There's a, there's a situation that's not getting better even the more you put efforts towards it. Would you be willing to try, trust in the God who created from the foundations of the earth, the one that, that created us in his image and because of the, the flaw, man, and everything happened and yet Jesus came and took care of our sin, went to the cross, he, he rose from the dead, gave us life, he did everything we need. Can you now trust in that and trust in him? The Bible says if it's, a, you know, it's impossible, without faith it's impossible to please God. But what if you did? What if you trusted him again? You know what the goal is at the end of the day is you're pleasing him. And he, when, he, when you please him, the Bible says he rewards those who diligently seek after him. So I invite you just to close your eyes and pray with me today. And as I pray, I want you to lift it before the throne. I want you to lift that area that you're lacking trust in, that you want to take that risk. It's a need, it's a problem, it's an issue. But also as we pray, I believe there's an opportunity that someone's sitting here today and you've been in the boat of comfort too long. It's time to step out. It's time to take the risk. And it's gonna be in the unknown. Will you slip? Will you fall? You don't know. But you do trust in a God that what he did before he's faithful, he'll do again. And ultimately he will accomplish it all. But in the meantime, you trust him. What might that be? It might be you placing your very soul on the chair, sitting in that trust. Say, Lord, I, I give you my life today. Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. Father, I, I, I thank you for the work you're doing in us today. And the work you're doing is not just in this service, though you are at work and you're speaking to us very clearly today. But what might it be when we leave this place? What might we be holding on to that we really need to trust you for trust in you more it's a relationship it's an opportunity it's a problem it's it's a difficulty it's it's even just discouragement it's depression there's is emotion lord you're you're feeling that they're feeling lord so help them lord i pray and lord may they find within them just be filled with faith by your grace through your spirit that you can fill us to be faith filled so that we can take that next step of faith you're so good, Lord. You bless and you promise us that you will be at the end of it. We don't always know what the results will be, but you are what we get. You are our prize. But we're simply broken vessels, flawed individuals, imperfect people, Lord, that you want to use. Lord, here we are. Use us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing this song. And if you feel like not enough, I don't have it going, or that's perf- is a perfect song for you. Just to give it, just express that to the Lord. And as you do, there's some people here before, right before we leave and even after you depart here, you know, after we dismiss, there's an opportunity for prayer today. Take advantage of that. Have a great day.